fade in. You're listening to Let's Bogart. Please welcome your host, Daniel Williston. It's me, it's just me. Welcome, buds. You're listening to Let's Bogart, the recreational review podcast where we fade out before we fade in. So whether you're here for the plot or the pot, we'll roll camera and roll joints and curate a pairing experience both celluloid and cannabinoid in nature. Ah, buds, welcome back. I missed last Thursday. I needed to prioritize my mental health, which is something we should normalize. And you're getting it now. So I'm really excited to show you this episode. I'm really excited for you to listen to it. I had a great conversation and we got to talk about some really cool stuff. Let me tell you all about it. We got to watch the movie Princess Mononoke, which is a Studio Ghibli film directed by Hayao Miyazaki. It's uh, uh, It was released in 1997. It's rated PG-13 in the States. It is rated uh, PG in Canada. It's an animated film. It's two hours and 14 minutes long. It has a rating of 93% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 76% on Metacritic. It's a pretty fun movie, and uh, we needed to find something that would pair well with it. And my guest today suggested Animal Face from Caramel. Caramel? Caramel? It's spelt C-A-R-M-E-L. Caramel. What is the difference between caramel and caramel? Is there, do you ever pronounce caramel, caramel? Caramel. Caramel. It sounds wrong. It sounds wrong when I'm saying it, but I, I trust the LP for, for having come up with their own name. Caramel Cannabis has a, a strain called Animal Face. It is a sativa dominant. It's a cross, a face-off OG clone, and an animal mince male. Animal mince male? That's kind of cool. We didn't really talk about that. Usually the male plant doesn't have uh, uh, the, 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 the t- uh, THC potential and uh, all of the beautiful beautiful buds that the the female plant is what we normally smoke so they combined this with an animal mince male to get this it's really cool it's uh it's very strong the thc uh they list is between 23 and 29 percent it's got some a really unique terpene profile great taste really stinky Real stinky smell. I opened the bag and it just the three and a half grams. Uh, uh, and it, it really stunk up the whole place. It was great. It was a great smell. I, it was complicated. I liked it. It's three and a half grams. This is a, this is a, uh, 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 a real craft grower. So we got to, to talk about what's really interesting and cool about them. We got to talk about what's really interesting and cool about this movie. And I got to talk all about it with a real good friend of mine who's real charming and sweet and talented and wonderful. And uh, uh, with, you know, why don't we just get to it? Because the conversation is the thing. You're not here for these intros. You're here to hear a conversation. So let's get to it. Daniel, can you tell us about who we have on the show today? 
All right, so my guest today is an actor of both stage and screen, a graduate of the Sheridan Music Theater Performance Program. He has worked in theaters across the U.S. and Canada, including Drayton, Stage West, The Globe, Neptune, and Rainbow Stage, as well as the 10th anniversary North American tour of We Will Rock You, performing alongside Brian fucking Bay. So stick those credentials in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> he has performed in shows as disparate as A Few Good Men, Newsies, Legally Blonde, on the musical, Torrent Productions Christmas Panto, The Last Five Years, and Rob Ford the Musical. <laughs> Home audiences may recognize him from his appearances on screen in the CWCBS's Rain, Hardcore Heroes, and Baxter. He and his hilarious fiance Kyla Musselman created the company Do You Want This, a thrift company that will have you looking at vintage furniture, decor, glassware, and SNESs that will have you answering their query with a resounding yes. He's also a bud tender and a delivery driver for Superette, speedily and cheerily getting the good people in Toronto the cannabis strain that is right for them. He's a great co-worker, an incredibly engaging performer, and I'm so happy to have him on the show. So please join me in welcoming Daniel Greenberg. Daniel, thanks for being on, man. Thanks for having me, Daniel. <laughs> How are you doing today? I am quite well, my friend. It's a beautiful sunny day, and I'm just sitting here in the kind of back office of the home, chatting with another lovely individual who yeah, I'm always thrilled to talk to. Ah, that's so great, man. So uh, so you're on Let's Bogart, so we want to know, uh, what was your first introduction to cannabis? What do you remember about your first time? My very first time, uh, I think I was maybe in my second year of college, and I was out on the balcony of one of my classmates' apartment, and I had been so anti-pot for so long, kind of for no reason, and eventually I just said, you know what, fuck it, let's have a toke, and of course, like many people, nothing happened the first time. And, sure, sure, sure. You know. Yeah, so, so that was that. Amazing. And uh, was it a while before you tried a second time after having an unsuccessful first round? You know what? I don't actually recall what the kind of lag time in between first time and second time was, but it was later that summer that I just kind of went ham when I came back home sure. from school. You know? <laughs> so uh, you said you said for for no reason. Was there anyone in your life that was uh, uh, that that sort of shared their anti pot views with you that uh, uh, made you feel that way? It's interesting. I, I don't think so. Um, in life, I, I, I like doing things by the book and I like rules and all that kind of thing. I like to believe in like being just and justice and all that stuff. So for sure. so long, I guess in my head, just because it was the law, um, <laughs> I was so anti-pot and mm -hmm. I had actually compromised a few really good friendships of mine uh mm. growing up because of my stance and then and then i smoked pot and here i am delivering weed across the city <laughs> <laughs> oh how the tides turned eh? i know high school <laughs> me would be just shocked <laughs> i tell you i i remember when i was growing up i uh my parents were uh, uh very religious and they were very uh, aware of what uh their kids were uh, consuming in terms of media Mm -hmm. and so they would be they would watch things like the simpsons and they would be like oh my god the, the father is choking the son just for no reason there's no reason to watch this kind of the kids are so disrespectful to their parents you're not allowed to watch the simpsons right. and so i would go to school and everyone would be talking about the simpsons yeah and they would come to me well, daniel what's your favorite season of the simpsons or what what's your favorite episode 
And I'd be like, you know, I don't really like The Simpsons. I don't think it's that funny. Yeah, <laughs> and it was because I like I I, I didn't know it I, I didn't experience it and so I, I created a, a, a safer narrative for myself than my mom will let me watch it yeah <laughs> and it, yeah you're you're less uh less outcast maybe as a result yeah. maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> us theater kids we're always on the cast casted outside that's right uh but yeah that is that is interesting that it, it i mean i i don't think i need to try heroin to know that maybe heroin <laughs> isn't for me <laughs> but me the, there is a there is a, a level of uh experience that gives you a, a bit more insight into a, a a thing that i think uh if you haven't tried it uh maybe the cannabis is is uh Oh, what am I doing? I'm I'm just on here telling people that they should try cannabis for the first time. But it's it's really fun. So if you try it, it's it's fun. Whatever. Yeah, I used to be incredibly closed-minded, and then I smoked weed, and now I'm incredibly open-minded. Or at least open-minded. I'd like to think I am. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, was there uh uh the what what do you remember about the time that you were the highest you've ever been? So that first summer, I remember going over to my buddy's house, going into his basement doing just like dirty bong rips out of the Dasani <laughs> bottle with some burnt holes in the side and threw his little bill piece in. Yeah. Just hitting bong rips and just coughing my face off and playing NBA Jam. And then <laughs> as I was leaving his place after hours playing one of like the best video games ever, uh, I was biking home and literally the world to me just felt, it was all a cartoon it felt like. And maybe for the first like few weeks, few months, when I'd get super stoned, mm-hmm. everything was just a giant cartoon. And I haven't been smoking so much these days for me to get there. But for a long yeah. time after that, I'd always been trying to chase that kind of first high experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With little to no luck. <laughs> yeah, it takes a, the, the tolerance buildup really uh, keeps a cap on some of those first like mind bending experiences that yeah. you get with cannabis. But if your you're- first. Oh yeah, oh, go for it. My, you go. I was going to ask. Yeah, how was your first experience? Oh my god, my, my my the first experience that I ever had with cannabis. It was very, it was it was very dumb. I I did buckets as my first experience. <laughs> Nice. So that was horrifying. <laughs> I, uh, I I ended up doing the entire movie of The Lion King, like performing it in front of high school friends that did not appreciate the performing arts in any way and were very mesmerized by me having to play all of the parts. And I saw my buddy uh, drove me home and I saw Hulk Hogan um, dressed up in the Captain Crunch outfit coming out of his solar plexus and looking at me and waving at me and i would have to wave back i i had a real yeah it was uh it 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 sort of put me off for a while (laughs) i i did it and i was like oh that's a little extreme and then realized don't do buckets for your first time yeah maybe don't do buckets (laughs) for your first time you could just try like an edible with like a couple milligrams in there or like maybe have a toke of a a joint that's going around (laughs) i would never suggest doing buckets for your first time Nah, dip your toes in before you get thrown into the ocean. That's right. My, that's so funny you talking about the Dasani bottle. My, my buddy and I found ourselves uh, uh, a, a couple years ago hanging out, and he had this real ditch weed that he wanted to smoke, and we didn't have anything to smoke from. He didn't have any papers, and we couldn't get any for some reason. So yeah. he made a, a pop can 
uh, pipe. Sure. And I have never felt like more trailer trash in my entire. <laughs> it just took me right back to being in high school and trying to like not a, not in high school, I guess a little after high school, but like I I, I reverted back about fifteen years and yeah. was suddenly <laughs> yeah. uh, very much in that. Oh nostalgia! Oh nostalgia! It's a fun time. <laughs> um, do, uh, do you have uh, any favorite? uh products that you you're like this is uh, like we're gonna deal with a, a, a strain on the show uh that mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about but is there any that you're like tried and true this is the product that i find myself wanting to keep going back to honestly i'm all over the map my friend yeah um for a while during these lovely covid times we're in when i'd smoke i would have these gnarly panic attacks so i dialed back my consumption quite substantially yeah um and started to kind of wade in very slowly so for a time i was not smoking because with the whole respiratory virus going around right now i didn't want to kind of fuck with anything and exacerbate my paranoia yeah um so i was into edibles for a long time before even working at our lovely store super ed um i was ordering off of the ocs whether it was capsules or chocolates Mm -hmm. beverages all that stuff so I'm kind of all over the map when it comes to like one specific thing. Sure. Well, variety is the spice of life, they say. There you go. That also keeps your endocannabinoid system kind of firing on all cylinders because yeah. you're kind of not letting it get used to one type of, yeah. uh, of phenome. So that's cool. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So uh, for the show today, we we got to dive into a new product, yeah. uh, which was really fun and a great suggestion by you. Uh, uh, we got to deal with Caramel is the LP. And what's the name of the strain we dealt with, Daniel? Animal Face, Daniel. Ah, Animal Face. <laughs> <laughs> So what, uh, uh, what, uh, tell me about what you like, uh, about, about this strain. What, uh, what was good? Well, first off, like the bag appeal was crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Just these like big plush, plush nugs that were squishy because it's in what the, the nitro flushed bags, right? So it's kind yeah. of forcing out all that oxygen. Mm-hmm. So as to not spoil necessarily as quick as some other strains out there right oh man it's fantastic yeah. and it, it had a it has a different safety on it that it, like my bag is completely destroyed right now because i had to try to get into it and it has instructions on the back like an ikea uh thing like the number one you put your thumb here number two you put your other thumb there and you just yeah. pull apart and yet every time i get high i try to get into it and i i can't seem to it's really safe if i ever was if i had kids around and i wanted to make sure that it was not going to be tampered with you'd buy caramel i'd buy caramel i i really <laughs> would it's it's uh it it's so childproof. even i can't get into it wow <laughs> fantastic yeah uh the other thing i i loved about the the packaging has all of this information on it that i have have you ever seen any other LP do this where they print this much info? Not this much info. There are definitely some coming out of the woodwork now. Um, like, I know, I think Greybeard is now starting to, like, boast some uh, terpene percentages and all that stuff. But, like, okay. to the level that Caramel is, mm-hmm. not that I'm aware of, my friend. 
like it uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna read everything that's on here because it just says it it uh, lists the breeder which is seed junkie genetics in California it says the lineage which is face off OG and animal mints uh, the appearance it uh, talks about frosty mossy green bright orange hairs aroma and flavor diesel lemon pine salt cake terpenes it lists 2.92 is the percentage and uh it lists the terpenes which is limonene myrcene and linalool that's just that's an incredible amount of information that so many other lps are 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 playing close to the chest with because i i guess to to like hold on to their recipe or whatever like they don't want other people coming in on it i guess i wonder how much it's that and how and maybe like how much caramel is trying to cater to the the cannabis nerd you know sure because a lot of other people yeah yeah, who who just like want the mass appeal of things sure for people who might have like on the legacy market just been used to getting i would like your weed please okay here's your weed thanks (laughs) bye fair enough versus having all of this awesome awesome knowledge at our disposal Uh, yeah and that's cool to have that knowledge because even if you're then not a uh, oh sorry I've got a TV running <laughs> running over here the fiance is apologizing and blaming the cat <laughs> it's fine uh, to to have that knowledge on the packaging is uh, I, I think even if you're not a connoisseur and you're not interested in that information. Mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't reading the lineage and going like, oh, face off OG, oh, animal mints, like maybe I'll, I'll I'll check that out. I don't even know what lineage means necessarily. Like, yeah, especially if it's something you you are you particularly like or you particularly don't like, then you can maybe right. kind of cater your next experience in favor or against from, yeah. from all that knowledge you got there. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it's real cool and real game changing. I'm really hoping that. Uh, yeah, like, I, I mean, it is a top shelf product. It's not something that, like, I could afford to, to have all the time around no the house. Right. But yeah, but it's, uh, I mean, if other LPs that were more, uh, uh, I guess, uh, 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 friendly on the wallet would uh, use some of this information to, I don't know, to, to print it out there, I do, I do think yeah. that sharing the knowledge is a great way of helping uh, destroy the the stigmas surrounding cannabis because most of them like most of the stigmas i think come from a lack of understanding yeah i agree uh like me back in high school i just didn't know sure you know yeah and the more you get to know the less uh, the less scary it can become and then I, I think it'll start to help open up the market too, like because it's right. such such like a fresh young market. There are so many restrictions in place. Yeah. Um, he'll like pass down through the government. Mm-hmm. And can, is cannabis considered a controlled substance? Can I say that? Like, is that a thing? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, whatever. It, is. it doesn't matter. There's a le- there's a legal term of controlled substance, and that is specifically about narcotics, right? Right. No, this because is not that. a pharmacy would have controlled substances behind yeah. the counter, yeah. and those are not illegal. Yeah. I, guess, I don't I guess actually know, Dan. I guess what I'm trying to say is just uh, in such like a young industry with this this product that has so much stigma surrounded, yeah. uh, surrounding it, versus, say, here in Ontario, we have the LCBO, which is our 
uh, our liquor store, you know, yeah. it's all governed provincially for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Canada, the OCS can, is. And, yeah. Yeah. But they don't um, have all the regulations that they don't have all the regulations right now, I guess, because it's such a young industry. But if you're looking right. at cannabis to alcohol and its effects and its potential danger, there's there's some questions to be raised right now about how the cannabis industry is currently treated. Understandably yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and there there needs to be regulations in there to to make sure that people aren't. Uh, 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 being abused, that children aren't uh, uh, able to uh, procure it easily, uh, that crime is uh, not able to, uh, you know, like violent crime or gang-related crime is not able to uh, operate and make money off of it. Absolutely. But, I mean, the the alcohol is is also a drug and also uh, can be abused and shouldn't be consumed by children and and has uh, a a lot less regulations because their prohibition ended in the 20s. Yeah, so it's just a matter of time, you know? Yeah. And effort from, uh, uh, I guess, people in the cannabis community who do have the knowledge to be able to advocate uh, uh, so that the people who are making the policies, whether they are knowledgeable about the the product or not are able to make policies that uh both protect the vulnerable but also uh allow for a a, a business to thrive well put <laughs> <laughs> i saw a tweet that was like we just need to start treating cannabis more like wine and less like heroin and i think that that's uh, pretty apt yeah i agree i agree so caramel is uh, they have a uh, their their grow up in a place I've never heard of in Ontario called Ori Medante or Oro Medante. Have you ever been there? I've never been there. Uh, I've passed by it on the highway. I'm sure many sure. times. <laughs> um, it's the northwestern shows of uh, shores of uh, Lake Simcoe. Yeah, I have never been there, but it it uh, it seems nice. Seems well, they like got some great bud. Nice views. Yeah, <laughs> they got excellent <laughs> bud down there. <laughs> The stuff is uh, hang dried, hand trimmed. I noticed that about like you talked about the the beauty of the bud when it uh, when it comes out. It's really it's really uh, curated. Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, for for the the knowing, I think cannabis connoisseur, the the people who know uh, this is this is made to attract those kinds of people. Certainly, people who are willing to shell out the coin for a printed product. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, their their website talks about they've combined high end indoor production with environmentally friendly greenhouse grow. Mm-hmm. So their the uh, the flowers exposure to the sun really helps, but they're also doing it in in like an indoor setting, so they don't have to use pesticides. Yeah, well, which can have side effects on on uh, uh, the terpene percentage, the terpenes, their their growth, and their. Uh, uh, I guess uh how 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 big a percentage you can get out of a yield. Right. I think that's uh yeah, it it, it seems like they they have put a lot of thought into how, how they're going to go about doing this and uh are are pretty uh, straightforward about it. Like the information that I found is not hard to find. There's no cloak and dagger. No, like, there's no like this is your product, just enjoy it. 
And yeah. he was like, well, can we see behind the curtains? Like, there's no one behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> there's not the, the Wizard of Oz back there kind of <laughs> just talking through. Yanking on uh, knobs and <laughs> pulling whistles and going, oh, you found me out. <laughs> it's not weed at all. It's oregano. Ah, bamboozle us. Wizard. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, on their website here that I'm just looking at, it says caramel, rare breeds, limited grow. And I think that's kind of a huge indicator of what you're going to get. You're going to get this 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 weed that's had the time and care put into it to really make make the connoisseur and even not necessarily just very satisfied with their smoke or with their consumption, I should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's people that are uh, uh, using it for cooking and uh, vaporizing. Ooh, I got to do it. I um, I did it out of my volcano vaporizer, and nice. it it that the the taste is really is really cool out of that. I I find that like uh, burning in a joint is the maybe the closest that I can get to getting a good taste of something in something that i'm using fire if i use a bong i'm i i don't feel like i i i use too much butane from the lighter to, yeah that it doesn't really get a good read on what the taste profile is mm-hmm. but i really got a, it's really diesel it's a real diesel taste to it i got a bit of diesel um i i rolled up a little joint and smoked it uh mm-hmm. that way that was my method of consumption for animal phase mm-hmm. and I took a couple of dry tokes before I lit it. Yeah. So I could kind of like taste it on my tongue without the kind of fire and butane being involved. And I got like crazy lemon and just like, like sweetness. Oh yeah. yeah. The, which I, and there is a sweetness to the taste. I didn't get a lot of sweetness from the aroma. So it was very surprising because I, like I, I, to open the bag and smell it, it's a really stinky, stinky wheat. Like the, I, I uh, uh, opened it up and the whole room was like just filled with this smell. Someone walks through. Did someone oh. like open a bag of weed? Uh, actually, yeah. <laughs> it's right over there. You want some? It's animal phase. Yeah, I'm just smelling it right now. I've got like a little like tiny fraction of my nug left and it's just like lemon, lemon, lemon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And Mercy, Linalool, I I am loving, because I have I have a thing with sativas. I, I do like to uh, jump around like you and smoke a bunch of different kinds because I want to sort of surprise my system and, and give my system something new and a, a different experience. But I think with really strong sativas, I can get into anxiety and I don't like that feeling at all. But I... Any kind of sativa that I can find that has linalool in it, the mm-hmm. linalool uh, really tampers that down for me. Said to have nice calming effects. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, like it, it's a sativa, so I still, I still am feeling kind of like uh, 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 in my fingers and in in my eyes and in, like sort of the headband kind of effect. Totally, totally. But I'm, I'm. I was calm enough to be able to sit down and watch an entire movie. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I was looking uh, at Animal Face's parentage mm-hmm. uh, and both the face-off OG and the Animal Mints, um, neither are sativa dominant, dominants. I think the, the face-off, face-off OG is uh, an indica dominant and then the Animal Face is a like, kind of straight hybrid. That's so crazy to me. Yeah. I, I find that amazing that it's like the genetics don't 
like I wonder, like you know how there's like a you, you, to, to figure out if you're gonna go bald as a as a guy. You it's your mother's grandfather. Did he go bald? Because right. that's sort of I don't know if that's scientifically true. Or that's probably maybe an old wives' tale. But there is something weird about a sit like a, a a hybrid and an indica dominant being able to produce this really I would say a a, a really sativa sativa like it's yeah. it's definitely not uh, a hybrid definitely not an indica yeah yeah it's 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 crazy it's uh, science uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing thing science believe Botany. it everybody <laughs> <laughs> oh it's amazing would you uh would you smoke this again do you think? i i would certainly smoke it again um i'm a fan of uh, of a value priced cannabis yes so this would have to be a nice occasion purchase sure. for me you know anniversary birthday kind of thing absolutely christmas hanukkah sure. what up jewish yeah <laughs> amazing yeah i i i definitely would too i i really enjoyed getting to smoke it but yeah it's it's heavy on the heavy on the wallet so i would yes. love to i'd love to see some of the uh the the value brands be able to look at what Carmel is doing right and say okay well maybe we can't afford to do some of the things that they're doing but there's but how other can stuff we get that, there that's right how what can we get close to it yeah At the, the printing up of the the uh the knowledge on the back of the package uh, i i don't know that that would cost them a lot of money yeah <laughs> printing out the knowledge on the package don't do this whole cloak and dagger thing where you're trying to disguise the actual strain name and come up with yeah. your own like marketing lingo for it yeah come on just 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 level level with people yeah <laughs> level with people people can yeah. take it <laughs> and people will still come back to you even if you have a a royal highness and this person has a royal highness and that person has a royal highness people do have i find in cannabis brand loyalty so Definitely. even if they try the other ones if they like your product best they'll come back absolutely they might like dabble in the other sure. lps that are out there but if you're confident in your product, you will have these customers for as long as you're still producing the quality that kind of captured them in the first place. That's right. Good advice, LPs. Listen up right here on Let's Bogart. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. Well, that brings us to the end of our first segment, which means it's time for our first game. Are you ready? Oh, uh, so ready. This is a little game called In It to Minute. In It to Minute. That's a game where you, Daniel Greenberg, have to tell us in 60 seconds the entire plot of uh, the movie that we did, which was Princess Mononoke. That's right. So we're looking for a beginning, a middle, and an end, but you have to do the whole thing in 60 seconds. Daniel, are you ready? Ooh, uh, yeah, man. I'm born ready. Let's do this. Fantastic. You got 60 seconds on the clock and go. Princess Mononoke kind of features this whole story around nature versus industrialization opens on this tiny little feudal Japan village that's on the like the brink of extinction Prince Ashitaka he's defending his village from this giant gross scary monster demon 
kills him, but in the process gets uh, kind of attacked by it and leaves this giant gross mark on his arm that's eventually going to spread to his body. Gets outcast from his village, puts on a quest to go find the root of what this is uh, to see if he can get healed. Along the way, finds this little town that may or may not be the culprit of this whole mess in the first place. Who knows? Uh, and, oh, God. Uh, finds this princess uh, who's raised by wolves. Oh man, a minute's not enough. <laughs> um, Ten more. Oh god, oh god, panic! Panic is setting in. What happens at the end? Uh, 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 everything's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap it up quickly. Now he finds the root. He's cured. There you go. Ah, oh, that's time. <laughs> just and under. Just under. You, you did great, my friend. Oh, it's so nice. oh it's gonna be. It's, it's fantastic. I can't wait to get into this movie with you. <laughs> and I'm sure that you all listening want to too. So stick around because when we come back, we're gonna find out what Daniel Greenberg and Danny Wilson think of Princess Mononoke. Don't go anywhere. Thanks for tuning into the show, buds. I just want to interrupt the conversation for a quick second to tell you a little bit about a cause that we here at Let's Bogart think is worth paying attention to. Sketch is a community arts enterprise engaging diverse young people ages 16 to 29 from across Canada who live homeless or are on the margins and navigate poverty to experience the transformative power of the arts, build leadership and self-sufficiency in the arts, and cultivate social and environmental change through the arts. Sketch believes in the power of the arts to heal, illuminate, bring together, and catalyze action to make change. They believe in the visions and critical perspectives of young people with lived experience of the margins to disrupt dominant narratives, dismantle systems of oppression, and to powerfully lead us into creative, just, inclusive, and sustainable futures. Sketch will be providing creative activations in three programming streams, art leadership, arts production, arts wellness, so that young people can build skills and capacities to become a powerful change. uh, So that young people can build skills and capacities to become powerful change agents through arts and culture. Sketch invites all QT, BIPOC, young arts leaders in all programmers, queer, trans, black, indigenous, and people of color. Uh, If young people engage and develop in the arts, they will enhance their resilience and capacity to live well and lead social change in communities. Sketch provides space, tools, mentorship, and support for youth to find joy, rest, inspiration, learning, friends, and community, while they build skills in the arts and leadership that can lead to opportunities for them to move beyond the constraints of poverty, homelessness, and marginalization. Sketch sees a movement where young people are celebrated and engaged as culture makers, perception changers, and collaborators in building creative community. Donations to Sketch have already led to 2,654 meals, 104 artists paid, 2,533 referrals, and 11 public projects. So you can make a one-time donation, you can set up to become a monthly donor, go through their gift catalog, help them purchase space to continue to operate, and help out in a variety of ways for a really great cause. More opportunities for those on the margins in Canada to develop leadership skills and artistic prowess is a recipe for making our culture here in Canada and Toronto more diverse, stronger, and better. So if you want to get involved, this sounds like something you'd want to get behind, just visit www www.sketch.ca that's www.sketch.ca to get involved thanks so much for listening and now back to the show all right so princess mononoke my friend yeah 
So you chose this movie. I, I talked to you about coming on the podcast, and this was the, the first one you suggested. Yeah. When you, when you approached me, I was, A, stoked that you approached me to do this at all. I love <laughs> this kind of stuff. Thank you. Sweet. Um, but I was kind of racking my brain, like, what movies, A, do I love, but B, like, could actually try to talk about at yeah. least a little bit intelligently. <laughs> and I was running through my head, like, I had Jurassic Park in the back of my mind, because that was a childhood favorite. Yeah. Um, and then I started thinking of, because I, I love animation, I love cartoons, I'm mm-hmm. still a kid. Um. <laughs> Then I started thinking of the, like the Studio Ghibli movies kind of helmed by Hayao Miyazaki mm-hmm. and a few of them ran through my head. One of my favorites out there is called Spirited Away, which is maybe mm-hmm. one of his more popular ones that he has out there. Another beautiful film. But as I was thinking about that one to kind of bring up to you, I was almost at a loss with like a strain to pair for it. Mm-hmm. So then I thought about Princess Mononoke, one of my other absolute favorites of his. Uh, and then kind of that's that's kind of that's kind of how i got to uh approaching approaching it with you i, I, I had the strain in the back of my head and <laughs> i'm sure we'll get to talking about that but yeah yeah i love that it, it uh, when 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 did you first see princess mononoke was it around when it came out or it must have been maybe shortly after its its release uh i would have been probably in my early teens living up in thornhill ontario and my mom came to my brother and i and said hey there's this japanese anime film festival happening down at the royal ontario museum i got us tickets to go see this movie that's awesome so we all went down there and none of us really at the time like knew princess mononoke we called it at the time princess mama joke uh (laughs) we all went down and ever since i've just been so uh, kind of entranced by like the animation style and the storytelling and just fell in love with the movie that's amazing yeah and w- so uh, did that set you off on it was that the first studio ghibli uh, like miyazaki film that you had seen it was and i believe also in the same fil- film festival we also watched kiki's delivery service oh okay yeah yeah which is also another super charming film mm-hmm i uh uh my my fiance Kristen loves studio ghibli has a huge huge uh uh fandom for uh for all of the the miyazaki films nice. uh and i really missed it i i don't know what it was about it but i uh i was a huge film nerd but at, from the time that i started really uh wanting uh, having to seek out uh film and try to understand the language of film animated Mm -hmm. films was like like kid stuff (laughs) so i didn't want to watch kids movies i wanted to watch adult films yeah sure get into that so i i missed studio ghibli entirely and the first one that she showed me was howl's moving castle nice i i i i don't mind telling you i had a lot of trouble with it okay i i had a lot of trouble figuring out because it felt like there's a there's a thing that these these miyazaki films have uh that feels like there's a a whole culture that understands like has a shorthand for um um the kind of like magic world building stuff 
yeah that you you really get your hand held by uh the american version of that kind of fantasy uh movie like even like lord of the rings and stuff we we get very slowly introduced to like this is what a hobbit is and right. this is what a wizard is and an elf and miyazaki movies don't bother with any of that They're it just is like, what it is yeah you're just inside it we are on the journey and we are doing this so when a wizard comes up we either just know what wizards do and so this isn't a surprise to us or we see what they do and then that gives us the information that we need about wizards yeah and for me i i really appreciated that about a lot of miyazaki and like ghibli films mm-hmm. is that it's just there and you just kind of have to jump jump right into the deep end with them yeah and i think that there is a a language that when you watch enough of them you start to glom onto you start to to figure out sure i guess much like I, I, I suppose a Disney movie. When you first see your first Disney movie, it might not be as easy to follow as when you start getting to know what Disney movies do, like how they're structured. Yep. So I do think that that is uh, that is interesting, and I it does feel like then you're when you're watching a, a Studio Ghibli movie, you're getting uh, some insight into a culture that you may not be familiar with. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know how uh, how accessible necessarily Princess Mononoke is from someone who's like just wanting to try and watch a Miyazaki movie or a Studio Ghibli movie for the first time. It's like certainly a captivating film, but it is on the long side, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, yeah, it's a full two hours and 14 minutes. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's that's a that's a movie. She's a beefy one. But you know what? It it does feel like the, the we are following um um Ashitaka really is going on a hero's journey. Mm-hmm. And though the the figuring out the 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 politics of of all of the 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 spirit of the forest and these people and who um how everyone is interacting with each other and what everyone knows about what's going on in the other on the other teams or whatever mm-hmm. it at the center of it you really do have a sort of cut and clear hero's journey story for him and so it it does feel like that does make it perhaps more accessible than like like how howl's moving castle for me is the one that's that's really confusing and not necessarily because of its length but because of moment to moment i'm kind of going i don't recognize this form of storytelling at all right right now i think that sorry you go ahead i was just gonna say howl's moving castle i i have seen it but it's not one that i'm too familiar with Mm -hmm. yeah if you will so yeah Ugh. yeah is there is there a studio ghibli that if you were saying to if someone was like i've never seen a studio ghibli i don't know what it is about these movies but i was thinking of watching one is there one that you would suggest to them before mononoke i would probably suggest to watch spirited away first sure. um i'd say it is got a lot more mass appeal i think it's it's pretty easy to, to digest mm-hmm. um it's not it's honestly <laughs> not as scary necessarily yeah because i don't know about you but there are some like pretty like scary intimidating things in mononoke holy shit is there ever those fucking warthogs yeah man the warthogs like the art style just it almost reminds me a little bit did you ever watch ren and stimpy yeah so like 
there are some cutaway scenes like just like frames and ren and stimpy yeah. where it's just like the most detailed gross <laughs> thing you could ever see in a frame yeah it kind of reminds me a little bit of that in certain moments uh in in mononoke and like the crazy like demon with like the little black ooze blobs kind of floating oh, around oh yeah like the, the, first... the crusties of the eyes and oh, stuff yeah. like, they really do figure out that detail and it, ren and stimpy is i think a really good <laughs> comparison because i think ren and stimpy uses gross out for comedy uh, but this this one is really driving it home as this is what the the war between humans and uh, nature looks like. Yeah. So you got these demon warthogs that are. I love that it's it's infected by like a a lead ball. Like there's something in it that a human created. Yeah. So that, that that drives it to this this place of being scary. Yeah. It just seems like the, the metaphors, uh, I think, in Miyazaki films are really well thought out. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. They're definitely uh, taking care of a lot in there. And they often deal with like the, like this natural, fantastical thing from mm-hmm. movie to movie. And here it's like nature versus like man and industrialization or sorry, mm-hmm. humankind and industrialization. And, and the kind of battle between and striking the balance. And you have... Uh, I guess kind of the title character, Princess Mononoke, a.k.a. San, uh, kind of caught in between. She's like the weird, delicate balance that's not really balanced between (laughs) humankind and industrial, uh, sorry, and nature. Mm -hmm. Um, She's somewhere caught in the middle. It's, ah, ah, so Yeah, that that feeling of, of, of being an outcast no matter where you go. Yeah. Like uh, you're you're not quite uh, a wolf, even though you you tell yourself you are a wolf, but you're obviously not accepted and, and understood by the humans either. Yeah, that's such a universal, I think, idea. Yeah, to put at the center of your film. Um, the I loved we were we were watching it. At, um, Ashitaka is voiced by uh, Billy Crudup in the uh, the anglicized. Uh, uh, script for it i was going to ask you this question did you watch the japanese with english subs or did you watch the english version no we watched the english version which i don't love i i do find a real alienation when you're listening to american actors uh talking and the the mouth animation is doing nothing to do with that yeah but uh it was the the version that was available on the streaming service that we had so for sure did you uh, 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 did you watch it with the the original Japanese? So I have seen both, but no, this time okay. around I watched it like you in the English uh, the English dubbed version, sure. and the cast is stacked. Oh my god, it's phenomenal, right? Oh, so good. And Neil Gaiman or Gaiman, I'm not sure how you pronounce yeah. his name, writing Gaiman, the script. I think. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's insane. It's so good. It's so good. And what a challenge I think for a writer too to have to because you. It, it would at that point it would have to be just timing like you have to keep uh, if, if you've said in english what needs to be said but the japanese uh, uh mouth animation is moving further than that you have to come up with something else for the person to say in the amount of time that until the next cut that's still true to the original film yeah, yeah. 
And apparently he did make some changes. There was like, uh, uh, there's specific Japanese words that they were worried wouldn't be understood by an American audience. And so like uh, spirit of the forest, yep. there's an actual like Japanese word for it that uh, is in the original script that he had to keep changing to that to just make it understood by an American audience. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes but sense. He's, He's prototypical, like, fantasy writer in America. So who else are you going to go to if you need somebody to, to do that? Yeah. But like you're saying, like, Billy Crudup, Billy Bob Thornton, uh, Mini Driver, yeah. Claire, Claire Danes, Danes, Jada Pinkett Smith, Jillian Anderson. <gasps> Crazy. That's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. That's a great cast. And Princess Mononoke was one of the ones. They, they had had a, a pretty big hits like nausicaa of the wind i think was was one that uh, played pretty yeah. big overseas i think it's like nausicaa of the valley of the wind that's say, say that three times fast yeah <laughs> nausicaa of the valley of the wind <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and it so this one was really the one that sort of made studio ghibli blow up in north america yeah because they had this they were able to attract this huge cast they were able to to get these really and not just movie stars, but really good actors who I think bring a lot of a, a lot of mustard to the table yeah. <laughs> in this in these performances. Yeah, like, they find they think... find like the the, the human qualities, uh, and it's ever it's so multidimensional. Each of these characters, it's wonderful. All of them, even even a, like a, the Billy Bob Thornton character, where it's just a side character and it could it's like played for laughs, kind of, but also like. His story, like, I would be interested to follow that character and find yeah. out where he's going. Like, this this bounty hunter who uh, uh, dresses up as a monk so he can get away from people. Like Sneaky, conniving. Oh, so cool. It's yeah. just so cool. And animated so well. Yeah. <laughs> I love all the moles that you find sprinkled throughout. Like, like the physical, yeah. like, facial, the facial features that he has. Yeah. yeah. Just, just lovely. The big red nose. There's yeah. just something so lovely and like uh, cartoony about it. Like they 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 use the the um, platform of animation to really tell you a lot about the character just by looking at them. Definitely, which I think is super cool and really inspired a lot. There was a I, I was reading that um, there's a ton of stuff in. Um, Legend of Zelda uh, Spirit of the Wind, I think. Okay. That draws on San as a, a, a design. There's like a character oh, that looks very much like her. And, very cool. Um, um, uh, 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 Billy Crudup using like a bow and arrow and a, a, a sword. There, there was like a lot of like similarities between them. Okay. Yeah. I could totally see that. Yeah. It's a pretty cool thing. And. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the the language of of the thing too, Princess Prince. I kept like uh, uh, Mononoke apparently is like was already a Japanese word that meant a supernatural shape shifting being that right. possesses humans and like makes them that uh, uh, suffer or whatever. Uh, so the idea of even having the juxtaposition in the title of like Princess Mononoke, yeah. I think, is really fucking cool. Yeah. 
What yeah, it, it gives you another level of appreciation of like kind of what the movie's about, and yeah. it, you you don't really figure there's necessarily a meaning behind the name Mononoke, but like once you once you find out, yeah, wow. Yeah, and this was my the, this was my second time watching it. I really do think that the movie uh, uh, bears repeating. I think uh, watching it a second time, I I got so much more out of it than. I did the first time because I was still trying to get used to a new animation style. I was still trying to get used to a, sort of the stunted way of uh, uh, American um, uh, looping over uh, 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 Japanese animation, like yeah. having to match up uh, when people are talking and stuff. I think yeah. there's there's still some alienation from that. I really found myself getting drawn into the story of this one. But you were, you were able to sell, settle in a little more this time around, hey? A lot more. And hey. maybe that had something to do with the uh, the animal face. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, Keith David. Yeah. Keith David in this fucking movie. What I, a voice. Oh, what a voice. Could you imagine the, just the, the you hear the theater training. Oh. Like that, that resonance that he's able to have and that yes. power. Like the first like few frames, the first few seconds of the movie when his voice just it commands the story and just brings you in along on the journey. It's so rich and deep. Oh, so expressive. Makes you really understand kind of you feel very, um, I think, right off the top taken care of because of his his narration there. Yeah. You, you feel like, oh, okay, there's, there's, there's people who are telling this story who really know and understand story, so yeah. I can kind of just sit back and let it all happen. Ah, isn't that nice? You don't have to worry about anything. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just lovely. And a, <laughs> and a script that's that good to be able to, to deliver it, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, a, a really interesting story told very well. And what what more could you ask for from a movie? I mean, I enjoyed it. I loved watching <laughs> that movie. I hope you enjoyed it when you watched it again. I did. I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, I I, I had a blast of a time. Yeah, nice. So if so, something like you've got to come in and uh, as an actor, you're asked to do things like this, where you're told, okay, you are going to be playing the spirit of the forest and you have to come up with the voice of that if if they brought you in greenberg and said hey you've got to be the voice the spirit of the the voice of the spirit of the forest yeah what what would that be how do i come up with that yeah what is that journey i take i don't know man i i always like to think when i smoke a little bit of weed i get a little more creative i'm able to kind of get out of my head but into my head at the same time yeah like the 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 um i find that my uh fear of failure kind of melts away Absolutely. so i'm i'm looking to fail and find out what i can create out of that yeah like, even if i don't succeed at the thing that i was aiming at maybe the thing that i come up with is, in the moment is interesting enough to explore yeah sometimes i consider say alcohol as a social lubricant for me sometimes weed is a creative lubricant nice um but how would i kind of come up with like what is my voice of the spirit of the forest yeah i don't know man Ah, you're putting me on the spot here (laughs) (laughs) no i don't know i I don't do uh, i don't know i don't know (laughs) (laughs) mine would mine would be like this Uh, oh no um 
spirit of the forest. I am this. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it uh, out of my head and just just do it. I am the spirit of the forest. I'd watch it. Would you watch it? I'd oh, so watch that. Uh, well, I hope they make a spinoff. I would also cast you always. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna edit this part of the podcast out and just send it to my agents and just be like, "Hey guys, if they're making a Spirit of the Forest spinoff of Princess Mononoke, that movie from 1997, um, just just tell them that I've got a self tape ready to go, and you've got a mildly credible endorsement." <laughs> <laughs> hey any endorsement that i can get from a fellow daniel is an endorsement worth endorsing okay, thanks daniel <laughs> so i want to tell you a story about this the the making of this movie because it's maybe the most badass behind the scene uh behind the scenes story that i've ever heard about hollywood can't wait Okay, so and uh, it's it's come up before. We did I did a, an episode on Snowpiercer, okay. and there was uh, tension between um, Bong Joon Ho, the director of that, and Harvey Weinstein. So I'm starting to enjoy finding stories about Harvey Weinstein uh, uh, getting <laughs> getting owned by Great. filmmakers. Love that, fantastic. <laughs> So there's a story about Harvey Weinstein in this movie because uh, Miramax was the the distributor yeah. for uh, 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 the American version of Princess Mononoke. Uh, so he uh, famously would insist on making it shorter. Two hours 14 is too long for American audience. Make it shorter, make it shorter, make it shorter. Uh, and Miyazaki was uh, really upset about the cut version of uh, yeah Nausicaa uh, of the Valley of the of the, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. I'm pretty sure. I think so. Oh, that's so many ofs. <laughs> Anyways, he didn't want to cut down on the title either. Uh, so he he cut. He's he he's really furious about the release of that one from a, a bunch of years back. Um, and so when Weinstein suggested that the shorter cut, he just stands up and walks out of the meeting. Mike drop. Oh, it's so good. Then several days later, Studio Ghibli producer uh, Toshio Suzuki sends a katana sword to Weinstein's office with no cuts embedded into its blade. You can't see my jaw right now. You can't see my face, but it is on the ground. <laughs> so they had to release it in the U.S. with no cuts. He just, Weinstein just folded. And so somebody brought this story up to Miyazaki in an interview and, and said, "Is uh, so uh, what, what happened here? And Miyazaki just smiled at the guy and said, I defeated him. <laughs> yeah, Miyazaki. <laughs> Fucking A, man. Fan for life for so many reasons. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. Oh, fuck. It's so good. It's so good. I love that story. So is the moral like always hand your enemies a sword with a message inscribed on it i think so i think even if the message is like uh, the the wedding is june 27th i think that's the best possible way that you could deliver a message to anyone coolest save the date ever <laughs> everyone gets a katana sword <laughs> oh man this yeah this was uh this was an incredible movie to to revisit 
Uh, Kristen said while we were listening to Billy Crudup perform because he's so he he does sort of both things really well where it's it's really intimate and and soft and soft spoken but then he can also let loose because it's an animated film you can sort of go to those places yeah and Kristen said about him that he was the less flashy Christian Bale oh and I sort of like that yeah he he isn't as flashy as Christian Bale but if you think about his filmography yeah he he's always sort of he he's always at the center really earnest and true but the the though it's not uh, a Christian Bale thing where he's just like losing weight and putting on weight and and right. uh, transforming himself he does really become these the very disparate uh, uh characters yeah like in my head i've got flashes of big fish i've got flashes of him in the morning show i've got flashes right. of him in the movie the watchman you know yeah almost famous yeah like it's it, it's it's really kind of incredible and yeah. i think his his performance in this really anchors the thing well him and him and claire danes i think both really come out swinging claire danes is also great she's fantastic yeah i love her i love her work did you did you watch Homeland? I watched the first couple of seasons of Homeland um, yeah. until a major plot point happened, and then I tried watching a season after that. And I'm like, eh, I'm yeah, good. I, I felt the same way. Yeah, my dad was upset because he just started watching it, and he was like, "How how are you going to make a story about this? This woman is supposed to be this like this uh, uh, really important person, but then she's she's crying all the time." <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Dad. I guess it's a story, right? So you have a flawed protagonist. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how am I supposed to believe that? It was very fun. That's awesome to listen to him try to parse through that. <laughs> and Billy Bob Thornton, I, I, I think that the Sling Blade may be the only like protag like starring role for Billy Bob Thornton that I've really enjoyed him in i think he operates best in this position that he's in the kind of like peripheral character yeah the character actor because i think he's he he's not seen maybe by the industry as a character actor but i think that he is i think that he really when he's given something very fun to do he has a lot of fun with it and i feel i feel like you hear that in in his performance in this one yeah i totally agree and he always I, i feel like in in kind of my memory of what his his body of work, he always plays kind of like like a sleazier, dirtier, maybe yeah. like his morals have been compromised, yeah, kind of character. But he has yeah so much fun, like you're saying. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did the uh, the Fargo TV show. Yeah, he was sort of that, and he was oh fuck, he was so good. Yeah, I love that guy. And Jill, I, I want Jillian Anderson to tell me what to do every day (laughs) i think she is so commanding as a as a presence yeah it's just it's it's yeah it's really special and perfect casting because of that for the voice of like the the head honcho wolf moro who's like the protector of the spirit of the forest Mm mm-hmm apparently the the actor who uh did it in the japanese uh, version um there's something in um 
Japanese culture where uh, a dog is always voiced by a boy and a cat is always voiced by a girl. Uh, And the original uh, Moro in in uh, the Japanese version was voiced by a man who is famous for uh, doing female impersonation. So there was something about sort of like combining the genders or like making something gender neutral or gender full spectrum. Yeah. In that, that I think was, was a a cool thing that I guess, uh, I mean, Gillian Anderson is incredible, but it's a slightly different thing. Yeah. And it's interesting. If you, if you take a listen to her voice, like her, her performance, you can almost hear there's like there, when she speaks, it feels like it's layered to maybe kind of get that effect where yes it's definitely you can hear the female voice but there's also some something else to it that's that's it's like an intangible but yeah yeah almost like they've got like a um like a pitch corrector bringing the same track but down an octave or something and layering it together there's like there's something otherworldly about the the recording of it that obviously her performance is is so important in it but the the, whoever was designing the audio of this was uh i think very smart too yeah really puts you in that you're you're experiencing a myth kind of storytelling yeah yeah man um this is a yeah it's an it's an incredible movie an incredible watch and really <laughs> the 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 human the industrial complex in the human versus nature is something that runs through a lot of his work Miyazaki is very focused on it yeah but uh this one really made me made me kind of stop and think i had uh <laughs> I I had ordered food that night and did sort of notice like the the uh single use plastic that I had in the in the bag and stuff and mm. really made me kind of take a look at what what we're doing on on the daily that maybe isn't as dramatic as what's going on in this 2 hour and 14 ep- minute epic but is still the 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 point that he's trying to drive home and if you're thinking about his work i think he's hoping that you are bringing that considering it yeah 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 it's like a dr seuss of japan (laughs) yeah lorax you know yeah implanting those those ideas early in your childhood so that you bring them with you and hopefully change the world for the better that sounds like an excellent thing to do. That does sound like an excellent thing to do. I would, I could only hope that the art that I create in my time on this earth helps drive some people to want to make the world a better place. I'm sure that that's true of you. Oh, I'm sure that that's true of you too. I'm sure <laughs> that that's true of art. Yeah. Well, most people's art. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. Well, that brings us to the the end of our second segment, which means it's time for another game. Amazing. Ready to go? Let's do this. This is a game called Reefer Madness. Reefer Madness. And it's a game where we do a rapid fire round. This is a bunch of questions that are all just opinion-based questions. And uh, you get to answer uh, at your leisure. You ready to go? Let's do this thing. 
Fucking A, man. Uh, question number one. Are you a sativa diva, an Indicana Jones, a hybrid or dibrid, or an omnivore de bomnivore? I'd give myself an omnivore de bomnivore. Boom. Boom, that bomb. All right, number two. Favorite movie featuring cannabis? I had a long good think about this after listening to some of your episodes. Sure. I don't know, man. It's, it's up there, <laughs> but like, I always come back to like any Jane Silent Bob movie fucking a oh i could talk about kevin smith movies forever next episode (laughs) (laughs) is there a a specific one or like a tie between two that you that you really like i love mall rats i love clerks Mm -hmm. jane Mm -hmm. silent bob strikes back i have very fond memories of that because my father of all people took me to see it (laughs) (laughs) how old are you oh man not not old enough (laughs) (laughs) that would be a fun one to see with my dad holy shit yeah (laughs) i fucking love that yeah did you did you uh, did you see that they did the movies thing up here in toronto i saw i haven't been is it open no i think it's gone now Ah. it's just a pop-up yeah Ah. i know i wanted to go but we were we were it was it came here just as the the second lockdown happened so i was like "Ah." bad timing bad timing bad timing bad timing come up again kevin smith please do (laughs) i'm sure you're listening to this (laughs) (laughs) all right uh, fictional or real person you'd most want to smoke with i'd kind of like to light up with my bubby and zadie Oh, they're they're so they're, they're like long past, but it's been oh. so long. I just love to like hang out and chill with them. Oh man, that's the wow. That would be cool. I've never thought of I never thought of my my family members who who passed on. That would be yeah. Like, oh, I would love to smoke with my nan. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Because like that I would be fucking awesome. I was fortunate enough to have like such a nice relationship with my Bubby and Zadie, my my yeah. my mom's mom and mom's dad. But uh, I knew them really in my youth and adolescence. They passed when I was in college. And as an adult now, I'd love to just like, just hang out. Yeah. Ask them what, 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 what happens beyond. Sure. Yeah. If anything sure. does, who knows? Yeah. Or just tell stories. What happened when you were alive? Yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. Oh, that'd be fucking awesome. Uh, movie that would be improved if only the characters are smoking cannabis. I want to say like Schindler's List, but like <laughs> <laughs> maybe I, maybe I won't. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> um, so many. Yeah. Uh, 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 fuck it, Schindler's List. Schindler's List. First answer, best answer. <laughs> oh fuck! I I I I skipped one. Fictional or real place you'd most want to smoke. So, uh, another Miyazaki film, Spirited Away. There's a scene ah. where uh, the the title character is essentially working her way to this kind of fantastical world. And there's this giant, big, green, lush field with this enormous blue sky and just like flowing grass in the wind. That's like my special place. Wow. Just like open sky, solitude, tall flowing grass if i could smoke up there i wouldn't need anything else amen god even your description of it now just just put me in a real nice place Uh i'm gonna have to do some meditating after this episode nice that's fucking great all right and can you make the sound of your favorite consumption method (laughs) Mm. 
<laughs> is there is there an ed- the the best tasting edible you've ever had? Uh, coin flip, uh, a three sided coin flip. Let's say. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> uh, legend legend chocolates, absolutely uh-huh. delicious and quite affordable. Yes. Uh, the Wana gummies, absolutely mm-hmm. delicious. And then as well, the Edison Bites, the, the kind of tr- chocolate truffles are very tasty. I have some and I haven't tried them yet, but I'm very excited to. Wh- which ones did you get? One. I got the, uh, the gingerbread ones. Yum. Nice. Mm-hmm. The quality yeah. of chocolate's like crazy good. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. That's fantastic. All right. Well, uh, stick around because we're going to be coming back on Let's Bogart with Daniel Greenberg. We're going to find out if he puffs or passes on Princess Mononoke. Come back. And now it's time for a segment called What Does My Mom Think? Where I ask my mom, Joan Williston, what she thinks about all this shit. What does my mom think? All right. Hi, Mom. Hi, Daniel. How are you doing today? I'm doing just great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. What's the weather like in Lethbridge right now? Oh, winds are 60 to 98 kilometers an hour right now from the west and 13 degrees. Well, I guess if you were on a sailboat and trying to get somewhere quickly, you would be ecstatic about that. (laughs) As long as I was heading east. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right. So today, Mom, uh, on the episode, I had uh, a good friend of mine, Dane Greenberg, on, um, who works at Superette, and he is an actor in theater and film as well. Um, And he brought on the, the film Princess Mononoke. Uh, which is an animated film that you've probably not seen, correct? Correct. Well, it was released in 1997, and also in 1997, there was a movie called Batman and Robin that was released by Joel Schumacher. Uh, it's one of the worst of the Batman movies. Uh, it's it's very campy and silly. Uh, have you seen that one? You didn't no. see Batman and Robin, hey? Probably no. not. All right. Well, I'm going to ask you uh, uh, about... I'm going to tell you something that's happened in either Princess Mononoke or Batman and Robin, and you're going to have to decide which one is which. So this is a little game called This or That. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. All right. (laughs) Uh, So in the parent's guide for this movie, it says that there is no nudity and no sex acts except for passionate kissing in certain scenes. Did that happen in Princess Mononoke or Batman and Robin? Princess Mononoke. Uh, no, it's Batman and Robin. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. How about uh, a woman's arm is bitten off by a decapitated wolf's head? Is that Batman and Robin, Robin or Princess Mononoke? Batman and Robin? It is not. It's Princess Mononoke. <laughs> okay (laughs) all right how about uh a man is shown being shot with a gun but the bullet passes through him harmlessly oh batman and robin it's not it's princess Mononoke. (laughs) oh no we're doing terrible today yeah i sure am (laughs) how about how about this how about uh fist fights and kicking are in almost every scene uh, Batman and Robin. That is Batman and Robin. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, how about there are some very creepy looking creatures? Princess Mononoke or Batman and Robin? Oh boy, that's a 50 50. Probably sure in is. both. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll just guess Batman and Robin. It is not. It is Princess oh, Mononoke. <laughs> how about uh, uh, many children have voiced their uncomfortable feelings towards the nipples on the main character's clothing? Is that Batman and Robin or Princess Mononoke? 
Princess Mononoke. It is not. It is Batman oh. and Robin. Oh, there are bat nipples on the Batman costume. Oh, my goodness. Do you think that's a good idea for a <laughs> Batman movie? <laughs> if I had watched it, I'm not sure that I would have noticed. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been too concentrated on, on uh, all the other amazing acting that's going on in a Batman film to, to oh. worry about whether they have nipples or not. Oh, probably. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> How about a main character is revealed to have been abandoned to die by her own parents as a baby? This revelation is very emotional. Is that Princess Mononoke or Batman and Robin? Princess Mononoke. It is Princess oh, Mononoke. Oh, finally. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you didn't win today, Mom. You, you, you did poorer than you have done in the past. But uh, I, I still think that you are uh, worthy of affection and love. So that's something. <laughs> well, I'm glad that my affection and love from you is not based on these dumb movies. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> All right, yeah, and we did we did the show today with Dan Greenberg. Uh, the movie Princess Mononoke. It's about um, feudal Japan, where we see uh, 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 some um, the. Uh, conflict between the industrial age and the uh, uh, people's manufacturing and factories and industry uh, versus uh, nature and the, sort of the conflict that comes into play uh, if in man's inability to uh, uh, live harmoniously in nature. One of the thing, the first thing that happens in the movie is a boar who is uh, possessed by a demon comes to a village to try to wreak havoc because of the the industry or, or whatever. It's sort of a metaphor. But uh, if you had uh, uh, at your Lethbridge home a knock on the door and you came outside and you opened the door and there was a wild boar who was possessed by a demon, what would you say to him to make sure that he didn't come in and run through your house and do a bunch of damage? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I would probably close the door, lock it, and run back inside. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be the first person you'd call? Oh, I'd say, Dad, there's somebody at the door for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let him deal with it, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> he, he's the preacher. He can talk to him. There you go. Talk to the demon. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come on, Deacon Bob. Get, get him out of there. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, can you uh, uh, can you uh, thank uh, our listeners for tuning in to the, the show today? Okay. Thank you for joining us today on this beautiful <laughs> Whenever it gets released. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, whenever. That's, <laughs> a that's Thursday. What a Thursday. On Thursday, okay. Yeah, yeah. On this Thursday. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> that's right. Hey, Mom, are you going to uh, uh, try smoking weed with me anytime soon? Uh, no, not likely, Daniel. Oh, fair enough. Love you, Mom. <laughs> I love you too, Daniel. <laughs> uh, I, I figure I probably know where this is going, Daniel, but uh, uh, this is a, a segment called Puff or Pass. Puff or Pass. Nice. Do you puff or pass on uh, Princess Mononoke? That's going to be a hard puff, my friend. That's a hard puff from that one, yeah. Yeah, me too. Honestly, like, I... I, I this would be, I, I think Spirited Away is a 
um, an easier movie to follow, maybe. Yeah. But I do think that the the themes of it are perhaps more complex <laughs> than than Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Um, I I do think I would suggest this one be a, a, a close second if people are trying to get into Studio Ghibli right on, and man. find their way in. This one really felt, uh, yeah, it felt like a great journey for me. Yeah. Have you seen many others? Like uh, you saw Nausicaa, you've seen Spirited Away, Mononoke. Spirited Away, Mononoke. We watched uh, The Cat Returns nice. and then... The one that the cat... What, Kristen, what's the one with the, the cat? The Whisper first one? of the Heart. Whisper of the Heart. Oh, yeah. When Marnie was there. When Marnie was there? Oh, it's yeah. No, I'm, the ones that I've seen. I'm just, you saw that with me. What was that one about? Never mind. I'm on a podcast. Okay. <laughs> nice. I, there's movies that I've seen of theirs that I don't even remember. There you go. So I've seen a bunch of them. I'm, I figure by the time uh, I am dead, Kristen will have uh, shown me all of them at least once. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're into that world, Kiki's Delivery Service is just incredibly charming. Kiki's Delivery Service. That'll have to be the next one. Enjoy. We saw it? Phil Hartman is the cat. Oh, Phil Hartman is the cat. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I saw that one. That was fucking fantastic. Isn't it so fun? <laughs> Phil Hartman's awesome in that one. Oh yeah, I do. I did really enjoy that one. Nice. Yeah, the the titles for a lot of them uh, escape me. They all sort of blend together for uh, uh, for me, which is maybe Princess Mononoke, Castle in the Sky, Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. Come it's, on, of the it's just just feel, just make it Iron Man so that I know <laughs> <laughs> who I'm dealing with and what I'm dealing with. There you go. That's so funny. Is is uh, uh, does Princess Mononoke rank uh, in the in the top? like three or whatever for you for studio ghibli films yeah, what are, no better yeah 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 go what for are it. your top three uh i love myself spirited away i love myself some princess mononoke and also sure. really like castle in the sky yeah yeah it's like man versus machine almost in that point yeah it's a lot of fun yeah oh that's fucking cool Oh, amazing, man! This was uh, this was a really fun pairing. Do you, would would you think that uh, this this pairing of Animal Face and Princess Mononoke is the 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 ideal pairing? Why not? I think why so. not. So the reason why I chose Animal Face in the first place. Mm-hmm. So the spirit of the forest, like one of the first few times you see it, I feel I have this image in my head of you see its head going down to take like a sip of water or like kiss someone on the forehead or something like that. And Mm -hmm. its face is so strange and so beautiful. That's like the image I have burned into my head and I animal face that, that is an animal face. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really striking. Hey, it's, it's sort of like, it's, it's almost baboon like because yeah. it's a very like red face on on top of the uh like but with huge antlers and fur it's just a real crazy amalgam uh, whoever whoever came up with the 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 design for that was really really captured something like you said just a, a really strange and stunning and uh, beautiful mm-hmm. so yeah animal face great way to great way to enter into that (laughs) (laughs) um so if somebody's smoking animal face and if they are watching uh uh, princess mononoke but it's early in the evening and they're like i'm gonna make a double feature out of this what would be a great movie for them to watch afterwards 
It depends if you want to like contrast it or if you want to go along the same line. I'd say maybe sure. if you want to contrast it, maybe go with some Jurassic Park. Who knows? Sure. Something maybe a little easier, a little more digestible. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Or if you want to go along the same lines, check out like any other Ghibli movie. Watch, yeah. watch Spirited Away. You'll get whisked away even further. Yeah, that would be, I think that would be a great one to do. I might, I might do Spirited Away and then Princess Mononoke. Yeah, okay. I, I might have that, the Spirited Away, I, I, I feel like well, I'll have something to, to chew on throughout. Yeah. Um, uh, but then Princess Mononoke does feel like a bit more of a, well, well, I'm trying to remember what the ending of Spirited Away is now. I feel like it's kind of sad, right? It's like, it's like a little melancholic. It's like the coming, yeah. coming of age story for her, right? And like she, sure. she matures throughout the whole thing. So it kind of ends off with her uh, having lived this experience, being a more mature person and is not this right. like whiny little crank of an individual anymore. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Without yeah. spoiling too much. I'm trying to, yeah, not yeah. to I'm trying to like skirt around things here absolutely oh you'll you'll get something out of it. the the art and the 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 direction and the the pacing and the performances are all so good i think you could l- literally read the wikipedia stories for any of these films and go in to watch them and you'd still get a lot out of them oh yeah yeah really rich really rich uh uh storytelling it's very cool yeah all right, Dan. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, my friend. This was a lot of fun for me. I, had I really so enjoyed much it. fun too. Thanks for having oh, me. I'm glad. Uh, where can uh, where can people find you online, and what should they be looking out for? Yeah, my online presence is minimal, and maybe some would say waning. Uh, but <laughs> check out me. Check me out on Instagram, Daniel Stephen Greenberg, all one word, and the Stephen spelled with a ph. Uh, do you want this thrift? That is the kind of little thrifty side business that my lovely fiance Kyla Musk and i started mid-pandemic um or you can order some cannabis from super ed and order it for delivery and i'll see you somewhere in the midst of monday to friday during the week (laughs) i love that i love that well yeah man thank you so much for being on the show this is uh this is a real treat cheers Anna. me too well buds that's it that's the show this week Thanks so much for tuning in. It really means a lot to me. You can find my mom nowhere because she is not online, but you can find my guest at Daniel Steven Greenberg on Instagram and his company that he has with his wonderful fiance. Uh, uh, do you want this thrift? At do, is it do you? Oh, no, no. I'm going to look it up while do, Yeah. Do you want this thrift? At do you want this thrift on Instagram? It's really cool. You should see some of the stuff that they've got in there. Every time, just follow them. They'll come up with new stuff. You're going to want something of it. I'm always seeing the stuff after it already got sold. I got to buy something from them when I, when I see it. But you got to do it right away because everybody wants this stuff. It's really cool. It's, it's, it's worth checking out. Uh, you can also follow uh, the guy who did all of the music for the show at JJ and his dog. JJ Thompson is a great uh, uh, musician songwriter singer bandmate he's great he's he's uh he's he's fantastic and you should uh, follow him to see all of the cool music stuff that he's doing right now he just did 
this weird thing for Easter where he learned how to say he he did it. He says Happy Easter, and then all these eggs pop back into his mouth. So we learned how to say it. He's a very Lynchian, Twin Peaks stuff. It's very cool. Check him out. He's got some cool stuff on his Instagram. Um, you can follow the podcast at uh, uh, Let's Bogart on Instagram at Let's Bogart and Twitter. You can come to the website DanielWilliston.com slash Let's Dash Bogart. And uh, uh, pop us a line. Tell us uh, tell us what you uh, want us to be talking about. Do you understand everything that we're saying about all this stuff? Do you wish that I was explaining it more? Do you wish that I was explaining it less? <laughs> uh, is there a movie or a strain that you really want to see on? Just let us know. And uh, we will be back hopefully next Thursday. Although, you know, I, it, it's, 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 uh, it's not an easy thing getting out once a week. We might be moving to twice, twice a month. Every couple of weeks have a new episode. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? Ah, you can't control me. I control me. Uh, well, tune back in when the next episode comes out because eventually we will Bogart once more. gives you another level of appreciation of like kind of what the movie's about and it, you, you don't really figure there's necessarily a meaning behind the name on an okay but like once you once you find out oh yeah wow <laughs>